Welcome to the Tech Meme Right Home for Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, WhatsApp rolls out privacy features. The battery icon returns to the iPhone. China is growing restless over its silicon industry. HBO Max will stop getting Warner Brothers movies automatically. The really rugged smartwatch from Garmin and the real reason Amazon is buying one medical and iRobot. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. WhatsApp has rolled out privacy features to let users do things like leave groups silently, choose who can see you when you're online, and block screenshots of view once messages. Quoting The Verge, Last December, WhatsApp started hiding users' online status from strangers by default. While this was a step in the right direction, it still allows your entire list of contacts to see whether or not you're online. WhatsApp's upcoming update is supposed to fix that, though, as it will let you choose which contacts can see your status. So if you don't want someone to know that you're ignoring their message, toggle on the setting for that user, and they'll hopefully never know the difference. WhatsApp is also launching another handy feature that will let you silently leave groups. Right now, the app very obnoxiously notifies every user in the group of your departure, which could prompt some group members to message you privately to ask why you left. The new feature is the digital equivalent to the Irish goodbye, the act of leaving a party without telling anyone, and should help eliminate the awkwardness that comes along with exiting a chat. WhatsApp says it'll start rolling out these two features this month, and that it's also working on a way to block users from taking screenshots of ViewOnce messages. Unlike disappearing messages, ViewOnce messages don't vanish after a specific time limit. They go away after the recipient has seen it once, sort of like a photo or video sent through Snapchat. Adding a way to block screenshots could help prevent users from saving or sharing sensitive information with others. This feature's still in testing, but WhatsApp says it'll start rolling it out to users soon, end quote. In addition to that, WhatsApp now lets users delete a private or group chat message up to two and a half days after sending it. Before, users had one hour, eight minutes, and 16 seconds to delete such messages, quoting 9to5Mac. In order to delete a message sent in WhatsApp, all you need to do is tap and hold on it for a few seconds, then tap the delete button. Interestingly, while WhatsApp is increasing the time users have to delete a message, Apple is going in the opposite direction with iMessage. In the first beta versions of iOS 16, users had 15 minutes to unsend a message. Now, with the latest betas, this limit has been reduced to only two minutes. The feature has been quite controversial, as some users believe that option to edit and unsend messages can be used for malicious purposes. This also led Apple to add a change history for edited messages in iMessage. Meanwhile, the popular WhatsApp and iMessage competitor Telegram lets users edit and delete messages without any limits, end quote. Speaking of iOS, you might remember that after the iPhone X's debut, Apple removed the option to show battery percentages in the status bar of some iPhones because of the notch. Natch. Well, iOS 16 Beta 5 brings back the battery icon, quoting 9to5Mac again. In iOS 16 Beta 5, you can add the battery percentage back to the status bar. Simply go into Settings, then choose Battery, then toggle on the new battery percentage option. It might even be enabled by default, but that only appears to be the case for some users. When your iPhone is disconnected from power, you'll see the normal battery icon, but with the percentage number inside. If your iPhone is in low power mode, the battery icon turns yellow, but still shows the percentage. If you're charging, you'll see the percentage with a small charging icon next to it. 
The battery percentage was a staple of the status bar for iPhone models leading up to the iPhone X. With the introduction of the notch and the limited space for status bar data, Apple dropped the percentage. Instead, you had to swipe down into Control Center to view the percentage. In iOS 16 Beta 5, the battery percentage option is not available on the iPhone XR, iPhone 11, iPhone 12 mini, and iPhone 13 mini." End quote. Bunch of news on the silicon is the new oil front. Samsung reportedly plans to make an additional $3.3 billion investment in Vietnam in 2022 to produce semiconductor components by July of 2023 and open an R&D center in Hanoi. And Micron plans to spend $40 billion by 2030 to expand U.S. chip manufacturing capacity aided by government grants and credits and expects to begin production after 2025. Meanwhile, sources are telling Bloomberg that Beijing has grown frustrated with China's years-long failure to develop semiconductors that can replace U.S. chips. Quote, Senior officials are angry at how tens of billions of dollars funneled into the industry over the past decade haven't produced the sorts of breakthroughs that emerged from previous national-level scientific endeavors, according to people familiar with top government officials' thinking. Washington, which has steadily ratcheted up restraints on China, has been able to strong-arm Beijing and successfully contain its technological ambitions, they said, asking not to be identified, revealing sensitive deliberations. The investigations have sent shockwaves through a semiconductor industry long accustomed to top-level support. Xi Jinping's government had allocated more than $100 billion to build up a domestic semiconductor sector so the country could break its dependence on the West. A key area of scrutiny is the National Integrated Circuit Industry Investment Fund, known within the industry as Big Fund, which has become Beijing's primary vehicle for doling out capital to the country's chipmakers. The nation's top anti-graft agency announced investigations into three more executives who helped manage the big fund's assets on Tuesday, adding it was dispatching a team to the Ministry of Industry and Information Technology. The same regulator was already investigating the minister, Zhao Yaqing, making him the most senior sitting cabinet member to face a disciplinary probe in almost four years. If you're going to be putting tens of billions of dollars in an industry, regardless of whether it's a high technology one or just like building trains and airports, you're going to have illicit dealings going on, said Jordan Schneider, a senior analyst at Rhodium Group and host of the China Talk podcast. The government is investigating the head of the big fund, Ding Wenwu, who had once warned it was unrealistic to cut corners in developing chip technologies. Founded in 2014, the fund drew about $45 billion in capital and backed scores of companies, including Semiconductor Manufacturing International and Yangtze Memory Technologies. The fund operated mostly behind the scenes and kept investment standards away from public view, which some analysts said undercut accountability. Beijing's frustration comes as Washington is slapping ever tighter restrictions on China, adding to potential vulnerability for the Communist Party. The U.S. is increasingly limiting the kind of chipmaking equipment that American companies can export to Chinese customers while enlisting allied countries so that key suppliers like the Netherlands' ASML Holding and Japan's Nikon Corp. join its technology blockade." End quote. More news from Warner Brothers and whatever they're going to end up calling HBO going forward. Movies from Warner Brothers are no longer guaranteed to go to HBO Max after 45 days in theaters. A source says streaming dates will be decided on a case-by-case basis. So there goes one of the biggest selling points that made HBO Max a surprising winner in the early part of the streaming wars. Quoting Decider, 
It's not clear what the company's home entertainment release strategy will be moving forward. The movie Elvis, which was scheduled to release on HBO Max next week per the 45-day window, will be available to buy and rent on digital platforms for a premium price on August 9th, but it will not be on HBO Max. Decider reached out to Warner Brothers Discovery, and a source confirmed that Elvis would eventually come to HBO Max, but that a release date could not yet be announced. Decider was further told that the HBO Max release of theatrical films moving forward would be determined on a case-by-case basis rather than the strict 45-day window. In the earnings call on Thursday, WBD CEO David Zasloff said, quote, This idea of expensive films going direct to streaming, we cannot find an economic case for it. We're making a strategic shift. As part of that, we've been out in the town talking about our commitment to the theatrical exhibition and the theatrical window. A number of movies will be launched with shorter windows, end quote. Perhaps the studio will follow in the footsteps of Universal, which sends some films like The Northman to Peacock after 45 days, but keeps big office winners like Jurassic World Dominion in theaters and on PVOD for much longer, end quote. How do you make a password that's strong enough so no one will guess it and it's impossible for you to forget and do it for a hundred different sites and make it so everyone in your company can do the same without ever needing to reset them? Sounds impossible unless you have one password. More than any other product I've ever told you about, I can vouch 1000% for one password. I can't live without it. One password makes strong security easy for your people and gives you the visibility you need to take action when you need to. Any device, any time, one password lets you securely switch between iPhone, Android, Mac, and PC with convenient features like autofill for quick sign-ins. All you have to remember is the one strong account password that protects everything else. Your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. One Password's award-winning password manager is trusted by millions of users and over 100,000 businesses from IBM to Slack. It beat out 40 other options to become Wirecutter's top pick for password managers. Right now, my listeners get a free two-week trial at onepassword.com slash ride for your growing business. That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash ride. Don't let security slow your business down. Go to onepassword.com slash ride. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months. Or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride. Interesting gadget alert ahead of Apple's supposedly introducing a rugged Apple Watch in a few weeks, I suppose. 
Garmin has introduced the Enduro 2, aimed, as the name implies, at endurance athletes. Quoting Android Authority, Garmin's Enduro 2 features a lightweight titanium build, a touchscreen housed under a power sapphire lens, and a nylon band. Thanks to solar charging and SAT-IQ technology, users can stretch the watch's battery life to up to 150 hours in GPS mode. In smartwatch mode, it can last up to 46 days. But harnessing sunlight and sipping on the battery isn't the Enduro 2's only bright spot. It also offers a built-in LED flashlight, similar to that of the Fenix 7 series, but twice as bright. If you're still out on the road after dark, you can change the flashlight to a red safety light setting or a cadence-matching strobe mode. For the big race day, the Garmin Enduro 2 features preloaded Topo Active Maps, plus tools such as Next Fork, a visual race predictor, and a grade-adjusted pace feature to help athletes adapt to different routes. It will even automatically record rest station breaks so you don't have to pause your run mid-race. These tools are in addition to Garmin's full suite of health and fitness features, including heart rate, stress, blood oxygen, and sleep monitoring, plus health snapshot, body battery, and fitness age. On the smartwatch front, the Enduro 2 still offers Garmin Pay and incident detection, but now also adds music storage. The Garmin Enduro 2 is not cheap. To strap the above features onto your wrist will cost about $1,100. If that's in the budget, shop for one today at Garmin.com, end quote. And finally today, Brad Stone, biographer of Jeff Bezos and Amazon as a company, says that Amazon's planned acquisitions of iRobot and One Medical are emblematic of Andy Jassy's hunt for so-called fourth pillars beyond AWS, Prime, and Marketplace. So it's not so much about these acquisitions working in tandem, though they might. It's more that they're about Amazon finding a big new thing. Quote, on Friday, Amazon snapped up iRobot, the 30-year-old maker of the iconic Roomba vacuum, for $1.65 billion. The deal comes three weeks after Amazon said it would acquire another company, One Life Healthcare, which operates the subscription health service One Medical, for $3.49 billion. These are very different deals in totally different markets, but they share some interesting characteristics. Jassy and his colleagues are going bargain hunting, just as Amazon did more than a decade ago when it bought distressed internet retailer Zappos and Quidsy, better known as Diapers.com, to round out its digital mall. Amazon agreed to acquire One Life at $18 a share or 31% of One Life's market high. It will pay $61 a share or 38% of the market high for iRobot. The deals are also emblematic of Jassy's hunt for a so-called fourth pillar beyond AWS Prime and the Amazon Marketplace. Jeff Bezos described the features of such a business in his shareholder letter in 2014, quote, Customers love it. It can grow to very large size. It has strong returns on capital, and it's durable in time with the potential to endure for decades, end quote. Eight years later, Amazon's pursuit of this coveted fourth leg of the stool has been largely fruitless. Video has been an important part of Prime, but is free for members and generates a nebulous return on capital. Advertising spews cash for Amazon, $8.76 billion in the last quarter alone, but is tolerated, not embraced, by consumers. In his public speeches and private talks to Amazon employees, Jassy seems most excited about healthcare, a massive, fragmented, largely consumer-hostile and tech-averse industry. Over the past few years, Amazon has acquired an online pharmacy, PillPack, developed a telehealth service called Amazon Care, along with a network of walk-in clinics, and dabbled in wearables like the Halo Band. 
One Medical gives Amazon a network of 204 primary care clinics along with thousands of caregivers and will allow them to extend all these services to its 150 million U.S. Prime members. Healthcare is a promising candidate for fourth pillar status. Unfortunately, it's also ridiculously complex, encrusted in regulation, and resistant to anything resembling rapid change. In that sense, home automation is probably a less risky bet. Here, too, Amazon has tried for years with modest success. It has Alexa, the Ring security system, and Eero Wi-Fi routers. But recent Echo devices, remember the Alexa microwave, haven't exactly set the world on fire, and Ring products may be known as much for their associated privacy concerns as for foiling burglars. This is where iRobot comes in. Its co-founder and CEO Colin Angle attended Amazon's first ReMars conference in Las Vegas in 2019. Wearing a very Amazonian Powered by Optimism t-shirt, he talked about making autonomous robots that implicitly understood their environment and could respond to queries and anticipate the needs of their owners. The goal is to, quote, turn the house into a robot, he said, giving it sensors, giving it actuators, giving it the ability to take care of the people who live in the house. And with an appropriate combination of AI, voice understanding, and space understanding, we create a home where you live your life and it just does the right thing, end quote. Amazon has the same general vision, but iRobot is arguably much further along. If Amazon can substitute practical robots like the Roomba for the absent Astro, it may finally have a set of lucrative products for the home that customers love instead of merely tolerate. In the meantime, Amazon will almost certainly find uses for iRobot's AI and machine vision prowess in its warehouses, drone, and automation driving divisions. By the way, I think the idea that Amazon wants Roomba's help mapping the inside of your house is absurd. Amazon does not care where you've placed your sofa, end quote. The next time Chris and I do a space, remind him to remind me to talk about my impressions of my new MacBook Air. Spoiler! I actually think it's the real revolution in my workflow, not the Mac Studio. Talk to you tomorrow.